going live now. Give it a couple of seconds for people to uh, hop on in. In the meanwhile, <clears throat> let's hit this. I tried. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was looking good. I liked it. Yeah, I, I get a, an A for effort for that one. <laughs> Neither one of those worked out, but uh, that's all right. Hey, guys, what's up? Omar here with the team Watchers Talk. Uh, got ourselves a, a panel discussion here tonight. I'm sure you guys are uh, familiar with uh, all four of these uh, people. Uh, we've had them on uh, Watchers Talk uh, numerous times. Uh, Stephen and Evan anyways, but uh, Leah and uh, Saul one time each. But, uh, you know, that's uh, better than zero. <laughs> and, you know, they dropped some uh, pretty good knowledge on us. So uh, it's always a pleasure to uh, bring them back on Watchers Talk and uh, talk about uh, esoterics and, uh, and the good stuff. And, uh, you know, talk about things that uh, have already happened and, uh, you know, the outcome and the results of our efforts and uh, really where we are uh, headed. So uh, you guys know Stephen and Evan Strong. They have a playlist on Watchers Talk. Uh, you guys can always go and uh, check that out. And uh, hopefully we'll get a playlist for uh, Sal Rita and Leah too. Uh, we got to get them on more often because uh, these girls, man, they got some knowledge. Hey, guys, what do you think, Stephen and Evan? These girls got some knowledge, eh? Absolutely. Certainly do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I love it, man. Uh, they're so versatile and, uh, you know, they uh, definitely know their stuff. So thank you, girls, for uh, being here on Watchers Talk this evening. And uh, you guys, uh, you know, if you're watching this out there, uh, please uh, share this stream. Uh, as you know, we are uh, seriously shadow banned uh, no matter what uh, platform we go on that's owned by the uh, the big tech right? Like uh, Google and Facebook and Instagram and such. So uh, it's up to you guys to, uh, you know, help us out and share this and uh, spread the message because uh, it's always a, uh, you know, a lesson learned uh, when talking to uh, Stephen and Evan and uh, Saul Rita and Leah. I love it. So uh, thanks guys for being here. Uh, you guys got a, uh, you know, I want to start off actually uh, with uh, this stream is sponsored by uh, Paul Anthony Wallace, The Scars of Eden, which is available for uh, pre-order on Amazon. You guys go ahead and check that out. I will uh, provide the, uh, uh, actually the link is already in the um, in the description of this video, uh, or you can just go, uh, you know, hashtag Amazon Scars of Eden and uh, you'll find them. So, guys, you guys got a conference coming up. Uh, what is it? Uh, we're working on uh, Chapter 9, Our Alien Ancestry. I love that conference, man. I love it. I've been to every single one of them. 
from one to nine and uh i got uh you know so much knowledge from you guys uh based on the entire nine i guess eight chapters going on to the ninth one and uh, how many more chapters are there going to be are we talking like uh, a series here like uh, our alien ancestry series season one season two <laughs> well, we'll, yeah. we'll keep going as long as we need you know <laughs> <laughs> look it's, it comes down to really a matter of the fact that uh the first seven of these was were leading up to the the conference that took place and the uh, ceremony at Uluru on the 21st of December. That was the whole purpose of that. And to be honest, past that, there was a question about whether we should continue because that was what it all led up to. But when we're at the conference and, and at the, the ceremony that took place, which was separate to that, and when that was complete, the real issue was, did anything happen? Because we had actually got to the stage where there were 15 million people involved everywhere. So that part was done. But whether we knew what happened next was the next part of this. No one had any clue because every everything we've been told is about leading up to, wasn't it? Mm, yeah, yeah. There was very little information about afterwards. Oh, except that there was an end point. Yeah. At somewhere along the line, yeah. then there was a division, and the two roads were formed, or mm. the stream, whatever you're going to call it, the rapid, fast-flowing river from the hobby. That was the end of it. We, but the fill-in, the gaps was we had no idea. So that's basically what this is about. So, yeah, I mean, we, we've had one chapter, which um, is Chapter 8, which is uh, available for people that maybe have missed it as a replay. Um, but, yeah, we, we went into a little bit um, about what happened on the day. Um, and then we had, we had three elders, didn't yeah. we? Yeah, and mm -hmm. they were addressing sort of the fact that it had happened and what it means. Uncle Lewis was talking about the Star Wars, wasn't he? Mm, mm. Okay, so they were talking about basically three different original interpretations of what that day meant. And, and that was and where yeah. we, we put up evidence to prove that it actually happened. And, of course, we go through that again in the next conference where we've got phot photographic evidence of the rock actually exploding. In energy at 7:32, taken by a camera it was on another viewing platform, mm, wasn't it? Away it was, from us. Yep. And they didn't even see it. They just filmed it at 7:32 when the ceremony was supposed to take place, and this could have happened. But when they looked at through the film, the whole sky mm. explodes in white at sunset, and it just goes white everywhere for about what one second, mm, mm. and it comes out of the rock. So then you've got alongside that, we then got um, the scientific readout of the human resin. What was Thanks it? Thanks to Omar. That's right. It came through you. Hey, there's a cat. <laughs> and the cat. <laughs> uh, you know, so, and there you look at it, and, and there it is at 7.31. The human residence is running at 0 0.3. <laughs> Oh, another cat. Oh, my God, there's cats everywhere. It's a cat I'm going to pick up my cat. <laughs> oh, this is my little baby sleeping like right there. 
We now have a bigger audience than we had before, three cats. <laughs> what we've got for the Schumann resonance, it's it's gone up to 32. It's gone up 100-fold at the same time the rock explodes in white energy. So now what we start to get from this, and this is what we're carrying over, this sort of part's going to stay all the way through. We'll do reports each time on this. Is evidence that came in that showed us at that time Something actually happened. 15 million people and a bit more maybe, but we know it's around about that number, were meditating at that time and that mass of positive energy actually turned on this so-called magic box, which, by the way, was never a magic box. It was Uluru. It was a rock itself. There were crystals and energy within it that turned on once the energy was put in from the ceremony, from the elders that actually who closed the rock down, didn't they, Evan? Mm. The day before, completely unannounced, on the day of this and the day after, for the first time ever, the rock was shut and everyone was thrown out. So don't tell me nothing happened there. And the intrigue and all the stuff leading up to fair income, it was unbelievable. So something happened. So that's what we've got, evidence of that. And then it's coming in from all over the world. There's yeah. that Croatian one, isn't there? Yeah, there's a Croatian one and um, there's one very similar here in Australia uh, that Ros took that photo. Um, what yeah, are so they? They're white shafts. Yeah, the they? shafts are light coming out. Not white, of this, gold. Yeah, yeah gold shafts yellow. coming straight down into the ocean um, in different places. There were different things happening in Glasgow and in Budapest as well. Um, yeah, and we... We're just putting them up. Mm. We're showing people. And what we're going to keep doing, and that's one of the things we'll do into this, and the conferences take on the different parts. They look at different things the way this is going to turn out, we think. So with those elders, we started with their um, uh, points of view. And then what we did to finish this off, we had Leah and Soul Rita. And they put on a part basically giving an interpretation from a psychic point of view after all the evidence is coming through the science that we're putting up and the elders, then we looked at that from their point of view. So that's what we've done last time, and that's still well, that's still going. Yeah, yeah, it's still available yeah. uh, for people to, if they bought a ticket, to rewatch, and if they haven't, I'd suggest you go get one. But what about we've got, uh, it was it Freddie Silver and um, who's on this one? Uh, Freddie Silver, yeah. uh, Craig Cole. Oh, that's right. And um, Nick uh as well yeah yeah that's something crocodile, completely yeah. crocodile dundee mick <laughs> no, no, actually Nick, but, he yeah. sounds really sounds a bit like him to be honest never thought about that no he's so, actually we got on different people this time because this time we got a couple of guys on um and we're sort of saying okay if there's a change in the future and people got two roads to walk on I've got to tell you, this road that is on offer that the hoppies speak of, and they call it the, what is it, the fast-flowing river, don't fast they? Fast-flowing river, yeah. Yeah, and the main's called the Two Pass. It's very feminine. This is a scary part, Omar. I've got to make this point. The world that changes, this is part of the prophecy, will be basically decisions will be made by women. Oh. So, therefore, the, the what the men are going to find harder <laughs> is for us. I've got to tell you because... A lot of association with the testosterone and being male is not really conversive. We've done it for 5,000 years and got away with it badly. But now that road's open, 
a lot of men have got to let a go of a few of the sort of things that they sort of think that it's okay to be male and this is why it happens. So we're starting to bring in a couple of guys this time around. Not a, This time we've done the culture. We had all the original people up last time. So this time we let that go for this one. We're bringing it back, of course, because I'm original and so is Evan, so we have to anyway. But that just for this time around, we have two people doing uh, a male way of doing this from different points of view. One guy's a motivational coach and another guy's just had a crap life and started off badly and it's turned out well. And we just he's a well, good speaker and it's worth listening to that. So each one's different. Um, and we keep doing that all the way along until this change, which we believe is, is a matter of a few years when there's a complete separation. That's what the prophecies say. And the interesting part is that we've got film proof of something actually happening in Uluru that doesn't fit into any realm of science. So my issue is I believe it's esoteric, it's spiritual, and it's part of what the indigenous people around the world said would happen and started at Uluru. Um, yeah, and um, we're, we're going to launch a few other things. We've got um, subscriptions for those conferences available, so that's fifteen ninety nine. A month. Excuse the ad. I'll get it over and done. Wait. Uh, <laughs> got to be done. Oh, man, but, uh, walk out. <laughs> we should have like uh, one of those YouTube ads forever. Like. Yeah, yeah. But uh, oh, he's hiding. He's hiding behind. Me. <laughs> I, so, I see him. I see Steve. <laughs> yeah, so we put that uh, up and running at the moment. So uh, and. For people, it's a bit cheaper than, than buying a one-off month to month. So we've um, made it a little bit cheaper if you pay month by month. Um, yeah, and then um, me and Sarita and Leah have been developing oh, a new right. idea to do some workshops. So what we're going to do is focus on the what comes next aspect of mm. our theme. And... Um, get a few speakers in, elders, custodians, experts on different areas. Uh, for example, bush tucker, bush medicine, um, kind of beauty therapies, dish playing, yeah. art, uh, beauty yeah. therapies based on um, bush tucker products and, and a bit more practical um, and then have them, we're going to try to have them once a month as well. Um, just to, them, that's yeah, it. Yeah, just them and then um, I will try to get someone over to our farm actually because we live on the edge of a rainforest so i think following them around with a camera as they find bush tucker would be pretty cool um i'll probably work out there's more food out there than i thought i could eat too um so yeah we're, we're gonna do a bit of that as well we're gonna have my Chris son, sorry yeah my son seems to think so when he goes for a walk with us down the trail yeah. He's picking out berries and roots and flowers, and he's a, a trained chef. So he's like, "Hey, look! You can eat this, and you can eat this, and you can eat this." And and yeah. I walk by, and I just see it as a bush, right? <laughs> yeah, but maybe in the future, this is part of. We're picking this up. We've got a guy next up who's going to talk about just that, and then someone is going to talk about the fact when the pharmaceutical companies fall away, and they must. We've got to start using our medicine from the planet again. And we've got a guy there that's an expert and that is going to talk along this. So we're going to do original stuff. But, yeah, we're going to talk about have people doing workshops with that and also we'll do our monthly stuff as well. And our take is we'll get 
a few in, but it's not that many. So we'll just keep doing that um, and um, report whenever we get a chance to do some archaeology, which is quite rare at the moment. Yeah. So, girls, uh, you know, I like your uh, your clairvoyance, um, you know, skills that you have. And, you know, my question is, is that what's happening at Uluru and what took place, you know, everything to lead up to what happened at Uluru and with all the events that were happening globally to uh, to do what we did, you know, it's, uh, it's a much bigger picture than, um, you know, than you know, the few chapters that uh, Stephen and Evan and Leah did, you know, leading up to this. But, you know, as I was saying before, you know, I wonder if this is going to be a series because, you know, this is much bigger now, right? And from your perspective, you know, what are you seeing for uh, for us? Like when I take a look around, I see dissidents and dissidents is a good thing because uh, people are speaking up, they're standing up for themselves, they're demanding change, they want change, they want to be part of change. So it kind of shows us that, uh, you know, we're taking, you know, that uh, that other path where it's going to be about love and, uh, you know, empathy and acceptance and stuff. So from your perspectives, uh, you know, what are you seeing for uh, for coming future over the next, you know, couple of years? I know it's a long range to, like, look into, but, you know, I'm sure... Uh, you know, you guys got the skills. <laughs> Do you want to go first? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, um, I'll take a crack at it. Um, Paper, scissors, um, rocks would be really cool. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not very good with foresight. Um, however, I do watch uh, patterns, and um, I do make. Um, fairly um, educated guesses from interactions with my contacts and just the general behavior that is happening here. What we're experiencing right now hasn't really occurred before. So um, it's really interesting because um, it can, there's, it feels like the path is, um, the path where it used to be infinite is now sort of like uh, fewer into fewer amounts. So um, I, uh, I think um, what the uh, events occurred at, at the events at Uluru um, were a test um, to see if we can actually pull um, our act together and actually work as a collective to um, have some sort of effect. And um, we have definitely done that um, with with a few million people, uh, 15, I, I, I keep getting the number 15, it was 15 million, I believe that were sort of pulled into this, to this event. And um, we had a, we had, uh, it, it was, it was a global show almost. Um, we did something together. And um, I think we were affected by it, by each other, and also, you know, kind of, kind of all work together in, in, in some ways. But um, it just showed in that very brief moment that we are actually capable of working together, and we can actually, if we really wanted to, actually get along. And um, I think that a lot of people these days are becoming less uh, le uh, uh, less tolerant to each other, and there's a sort of the sort of ar um, arrogant refusal um, to you know to want to hear the other side. And I'm 
I, I'm trying not to get too political, um, but it's one of those things where like we all have this dream of having a better world, but uh, how to get to that point, how to get to that point is where the division comes in. Um, however, what happened with Uluru, you had all sorts of people from different ideologies and backgrounds, what everything. And um, some of them maybe even completely on the opposite um, ends of, of the um, ethical, moral, you know, spectrum, um, actually came together and did something. And um, I think that was that little little reminder that we can do something. We're not so weak and um, soulless as we were led to believe by whoever's in charge. So I like that point that you made about uh, you know all of us. Uh, feeding off of one another, um, you know, it's kind of, you know, like when you're out with friends and one friend gets crazy and, you know, everybody else joins in and they're like feeding off of each other's energy to get crazier and crazier and crazier. So I really like that point where, you know, we're picking up on each other's energies globally and uh, and working off of that, uh, you know, getting excited that uh, this is happening. And, you know, it's like I said, you know, not to get political or nothing, but, uh, you know, this dissent that we are seeing that's happening, you know, in my opinion, it's a good thing. Uh, like all this cancel culture, uh, you know, canceling Mr. Potato Head and, you know, things like that. It's really, you know, it's bringing things to the forefront <laughs> of how, you know, ridiculous things really are. And that's really going to open up everyone's eyes. As to uh, as to what's really happening, and and then they're going to want change, as people are already saying that, and they're already seeing it, and they're saying it, and you know, and if we believe it and say it long enough, I think we can create that and manifest that reality for ourselves. If enough of us around the world are saying the same thing and are thinking the same thing, and uh, and are projecting the same thought, Salrita, what do you think about that? Yeah, so. Um... I picked some cards like right when we're starting. So just, you know, getting into the energy of all of us here. And I'm always really led by spirit and what spirit wants to convey in terms of message for the audience. So um, they're actually, this is unusual for me, but like nine cards straight in a row is what spirit dished out and they dish them out face up. So usually I get given cards face down, have to use psychometry and um, clairvoyance skill to tune in and see what the image is and have spirit speak it to me. This was actually like pretty straightforward because they've just given it to me in upright position and it's actually nine cards. So usually they give me three. So, um, but I'll just describe it as a story and they're talking about to view it as a journey and it's the hero's journey is the way that they're describing it. So we've got Ace of Swords. So you can see that the clouds are parted and they're really pinning this card connected to do with, um, you know, that transition time that we went through at Uluru. What we can see is we've got the crown. Um, some people might call that Corona, um, but we have the crown in this situation that's come in to enlighten and to awaken humanity. And it's almost a gift appearing from the clouds. But what we can see is that the sword is green. So this is an achievement with the heart chakra. Um, the other thing that we can see is that it's asking us to go through a rebirth. We can see the card of the moon. Now, this sometimes will also bring in different past life patterns. So with what's happened in Atlantis and Lemuria and, you know, Egyptian culture and uh, Egyptian times, we went through, you know, a similar process. But as Leah said, you know, this is the first time that this has happened here, what we're experiencing now. So we really have gone from that 
inner reflection, that soul's um, journey through that shadow, that shadow aspect. Um, you know, it's to go within the depths to to research and uh, look into the inner parts of our psyche and to look into that shadow aspect and to really, you know, birth from that, to go from the moon into the sun. Um, so this is also bringing up past life connection and, uh, you know, uh, soul connection within soul family too. So we're recognising our family. And then we have five of swords, which is defeat. So this speaks about the, the dark side trying to come in and trying to create chaos. But it's on a mental level. It's all illusionary. We can see the swords come in and it's, you know, spiritual domination over the material plane. We can see that in the card. And what humanity is struggling with at the moment, we've got the card of lust and we can see that this goddess with the higher self intact which is in the form of a, a cat-like being, which can sometimes represent courage, can sometimes represent fear when a tiger shows up to, um, but she's overcoming and she's in connection with this higher self energy. And we can see that this um, beast, this corporation or this entity or government-like structure is trying to you know, wrestle with her, but she's gained control and she's birthing something out of that deep soil, out of that dark night of the soul. She, uh, so she's raising it to the surface. We can see it looks like a, an egg or an ovum with some sperm-like energies, but she's having success in that implementation. Then we have Princess of Swords, which speaks about putting ourselves into a currency or into a pathway of danger. For me, this represents not so much a towel moment where that's something that we can can't help but get out the way um, or a tower moment representing something's about to fall or crumble. Princess of Swords represents to me a conscious choice. She's cloaked in heart energy. So hands good intention. She's fighting on an intellectual level. Um, and if she was just to hop down, she's not quite built for war. We can see that she has a gossamer sort of Roman um I guess, uh, dress on and some ballet or Roman slippers. So not quite built for battle. It's not her fight. Uh, that she has to fight. So to hop out the way and walk this path of purity, this path of the fool. So for me, archetypally, in a feminine perspective, the fool <laughs> is a representative of Alice in Wonderland type energy. And we can see that there's that tiger. So this tiger um, that we've got here represents that this fool, this beautiful uh, innocence and wisdom. So when we look at Alice in Wonderland, she represents that you know, falling down the rabbit hole, which is perfect in regards to this, uh, falling down the rabbit hole and she sees that cake that says eat me or she sees that potion. She goes and talks with this psychedelic caterpillar, which is that third eye aspect um, or the other realm aspect. And, you know, she goes and has that tea party with the Mad Hatter and doesn't make sense of any of it. But what keeps her safe on that journey is that beautiful innocence and that wide eye aspect and view on things um she's not really sort of like caught up in the trauma another archetype that speaks of this is peter pan so it's really keeping that youth and that um that kind of open-eyed view on the world which then leads to happiness um and then when we get into this state of abundance and happiness rather than focusing on the fear and focusing on the fight when we step into that state of abundance we have jupiter come up and it's Jupiter with Pisces in this. It's our, it's about our higher connection to um, to spirit. It's about expanding that energy, that frequency. If we look at this as pure frequency, and we focus on holding that, we're actually remembering 
that, um, that we are the hierophant. We are the one that is in communion or is that creator energy um, in physical uh, clothing. So it's really about being in uh, control spiritually within this avatar, within this physical computer. It's about, I guess, awakening out of that matrix, which we see in this card. That's the matrix, that's the artificial, realizing that we are in charge and are in power of what uh, reality we're creating. And then we step forward into abundance. So this talks about, um, you know, that initial achievement, that initial growth, but this is very much on a feeling level. So spirit is inviting and asking us to step into what is it that we wish to, um, to be part of? What program do we wish to be part of? What is it that we're wanting to tune into? And what is it that we want to create in the world? Because I know that a lot of your viewers, Omar, really do have that hierophant, abundant happiness energy that they're wishing to create. And a lot of, um, you know, mine and Leah's and Stephen and Evan's uh, followers are really in alignment with this as well. So it's interesting that Spirit brought these cards out um, today. And the fact that there's nine too, but I just see this as a heralding of new times. And my vision that I had uh, back when I was about 18 in college and in this vision, it was waking up out of the, the red earth. It was almost like this cave-like thing in the red earth and standing up and holding hands out, connecting with others, um, you know, across the earth. And when our energies met, when this grid was formed on a heart human level, there was transformation that took place all over the earth. And we had trees come up out of deserts. Uh, it was about replenishing the earth and really being in some kind of like psychic, spiritual communion in connection with people, with earth and with animals. Yeah, I really uh, like those cards. When you were showing them, the thing that came to mind was uh, last year, uh, you know, around this time, uh, we were in the state of uh, acquiescence and that was really our entire lifetimes. And then when this, uh, you know, this when this Corona happened and locked everyone in their homes, it allowed them the time to ask questions and uh, really spend time with themselves and with their family to find out what's really important to them. And that work is uh, really not rated really very high on that list. So for me, you know, it allowed people to question and, uh, you know, and all the political things that happened last year as well. And uh, and then when you were showing that card of, um, you know, that, uh, you know, for me, I kind of resonated that uh, it's the archonic force that we're dealing with. Yeah, uh, it, uh, it's uh, it's it's uh, you know an energy which we can't see, but they can see yeah. us and they can interact yeah. with us. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like little entities, these little orb things. Yeah, that that's right. Geez. Yeah, yeah, snapping free from that, and we're beginning to understand what that really is and what it entails, and the trauma that has caused us over the course of generations you know, thousands of years what it's done to us. And finally, we're waking up to that. And that intellectual battle is very correct. You know, this is not going to be fought with, uh, you know, bullets or bombs. Uh, mm -hmm. This is going fought with uh, knowledge and uh, debate and uh, conversation and uh, you know and acceptance to other people's ideas if we are to move forward um, in this timeline that uh, that we're really we're creating for ourselves we could have taken that other timeline where you know we are becoming destructive or we go back to acquiescence again but uh, you know it doesn't seem to be that way like i stated a few minutes ago this dissent that's happening all over the world protests and uh, you know kind of what have you it's really bringing things to light and people are really beginning to think twice now as to 
what they've been taught and the reality, this false reality that they've been living, this loop, right? This nine to five loop, the eight to four loop, which is really, it's unnecessary, but uh, you know, it's been uh, projected onto us and forced onto us. And that's what's been the cause of all the problems in my opinion, leading up to now, because it's created poverty, it's created uh, you know animosity towards your fellow man. Uh, it's it's uh, you know what is that uh, you know thou shall not uh, covet. Uh, you know it's uh, coveting uh, other people's uh, you know like living trying to live like the Joneses, right, uh, or the Ridinkelsons, as I call them in my book. That uh, you know you have to be ridiculous to want to live the reality of somebody else and not your own. And um, <laughs> but I don't want to get uh, too too deep into that because uh, then we're heading down the uh, old political road. <laughs> it makes sense because it's safe. So if you don't, I, just just to like just to add to that, it I understand why so many people are ostriching because it's safe. You know, they it's so uncertain, it's so unpredictable, it's so scary. So of course, everyone wants to sort of like. Uh, there's a reason why so much nostalgia, like so much modern day pop culture, like media material has a sort of um, rose tinted nostalgic feel to it. Like there's all, all these sort of modern shows that have a, that are set in the 80s or the 90s. And, mm. you know, it's because it's safe. It's a haven. Um, people wanting to live in a time when they didn't actually have to feel responsible for their act. They didn't have to think about these things because these decisions were made for them. Um, when they were younger mm -hmm. and when it was a completely different planet. Now, I want to make this very, very clear. <clears throat> within this generation, or, well, within, within, within the last 40 years, we have experienced um, the world changing three times. Like the, this, this last century, um, century and a bit, not only have we gone through the world, like the, the, the old world wars, going from, you know, this, uh, all these different countries um, that actually had monarchies to no monarchies. And then there was another shift over into this boom of technology. And then, you know, you had the internet age on top of that, which changed everything all over again. And now we have Corona. So it's like we had these intensely drastic changes and people are struggling to adapt to it. They're not, they're not incapable of adaptation, but because it's so big and it's so, it's so, it's so heavy. Um, and unfortunately, it's becoming more like the, 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 there's this uh, edge of violence to it as well. It's, it's this... Uh, um, reaction or violence to because it's just like they're constantly forced to keep going and to keep changing um you know i i get why people snap back i get it i'm not saying it's right but it's it's to be understood and um you know but we can't afford that anymore like we're 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 all all a lot of people are, because they want to live in the past those days are long gone guys we're hurling towards a future, and if you don't get your head out of of those golden ages, those golden decades, um, I can tell you the next time you know when we have another change, don't think many of us are going to be around to look back at this time and say, "Oh, we actually had it good." So <laughs> that's a that's a really great point uh, points that you made there, and I really didn't think of it on a larger picture like that of mm -hmm. the. Uh, 
you know, the things that we've gone through. Essentially, we went from horse buggy to the moon, and uh, <laughs> and then everything that really comes with that, right? Uh, we've been, you know, forced to carry that, and a lot of people, as we've seen over the years, uh, you know, really don't accept the fact that uh, man has landed on the moon. Uh, you know, that's uh, you know, that's an individual choice, I guess. But uh, you know, Gene Cernan was uh, you know working on the farm with his grandfather. Uh, on a horse and buggy, and uh, he was the last man to walk on the moon. So that's why I say, you know, and from horse buggy to the moon, uh, that's yeah. uh, that's a pretty big jump in uh, in technology. And then for us to, uh, you know, just willingly accept that because the media is telling us, or because somebody in uh, the power, you know, position of authority is telling us that, uh, then people just simply believe, right? And uh, and I think those days are long past. Uh, now is the time for us to. You know, really take in information that's available to us because of the internet, and uh, and then connect the dots because you know you got a little dot here, you got a little bit tidbit here, a little tidbit there, and after a while it starts to paint a picture, and then that picture that's being painted is the real picture, not the narrative that's uh, you know that we've been forced to follow uh, pretty much all our lives. What do you think, Steve? You're the uh, wisest one here, my friend. Oh no, no, the complete opposite, honestly. <laughs> Uh, you couldn't be further from the truth. But I think you're right. I think what you said is exactly right. It seems to me that what we've got now is um, even since the 21st of December, it was already forming. The world's dividing. Like everything you said was about opposites. Everyone's not, there's no middle ground anymore. People are getting pulled away from that because it doesn't exist. And I think what we're seeing here is that when you look around at a world that promises you this, from now on when you go outside, when you breathe the air out there, you could have corona or a new corona or another strand of corona we haven't heard about that's in a laboratory somewhere. And what that means is you become fearful of every moment of your life, and that's exactly what they want. Because when you become fearful, you don't think that much. You become reactionary. And this is what the world they're creating. And this is what people have got to look at. You've got to look at the ancient prophecies. And we use, as you know, um, we often use a hoppy prophecy about the fast-flowing river. And we say to people, that river's clean. And it goes to a place of purity. And you're now living in a society, whether true or not, it doesn't matter anymore. We're scared of corona because it can kill us any day of the week and it's everywhere and there's nothing we can do. And the vaccines our government tells us, this is what they tell us now. Yes, you get the vaccine, you can still catch it. You're still transmissible, but it won't be as bad as it was going to be. How in God's name anyone can make that measure? I don't know. But particularly <laughs> since the vaccine tests normally take six years and they're taking six weeks. I don't know how that they got far ahead, but that's basically what we're being told about the vaccine. So that means when we have a spread, we'll lock everyone down again. So that's your future. Or you can listen to what people are saying about the fact that something unscientific but real happened on that date and that everything after that, it comes down to the last line of that Hoppy Prophecies where it says we are the ones we've been waiting for. It's all up to you now. If you really think that what they're offering you is enough, then that's one choice. And everyone's making choices. Now it's a matter of making the proper choices. And that's really, this is the important part. 
people will keep making the wrong choices because they're so conditioned they won't see it any other way do you, think, do you think yeah do you think this, you could, think be this could be like the, like the uh, achilles, achilles heel, heel. Oh, i've got oh, a rework coming here mm -hmm. somebody's uh Oh. Speakers are on. Okay, they're gone. Do you think um, this could be the Achilles heel of this uh, this force that we're engaged with where because of the fact that it's not very creative and it's not very imaginative and it just uh, you know plays the same old card again and again and again, this whole vaccine thing that they're, they're telling us, people want to get it. Go ahead, get it. If you don't, you don't. Right. But this knowledge that this, you know, tidbits of information that they're giving us, people are beginning to pick this up all over the world. Right. Mm. Like there's a massive uh, you know, movement of anti-vaxxers out there who refuse to get any type of vaccine because mm. of the lies that, uh, you know, the government and the institutions have given people. Do you think this could be the Achilles heel of us destroying this thing? like once and for all because of the fact that it's really truly showing itself for what it is and yes. you know yeah. really the the mask is being unveiled off of it and we can see what it is and people are beginning like i said are beginning to question all over the world so i wonder if this could be the achilles heel where uh, you know it brings little arrow brings it down i think you're right and you, at the very start you said something along the lines that um when you were talking about these forces, they're sort of conditioned to work in a certain way and it's always worked. And yes, they're using the same stuff as before, but you've got to remember something. The difference is that in the past when the, the whatever group you want to call it were running the place, they convinced people that the people that were serving them were working for them. But that's gone now. This is the last attempt. You got well, look. There was a survey done in America, Australia about a year and a half ago, before COVID, where it ranked trustworthiness, and politicians ranked below used car salesmen in Australia. Now, all of a sudden, <laughs> one year later, they're jabbing something in their arms that's been tested for between three weeks to about two months. Normally, it takes six years, and they're saying this stuff is good for me. And then there's a picture of them saying they walked outside and said, I'm still feeling fine. And everyone's thinking, that's enough. I've, I've got to do it because they said that. I don't know what's in that vaccine they're getting. I don't know that anyway. The point I'm getting at is a year and a bit ago, we thought they were crap. I wouldn't trust them with anything. Now people are trusting these same people a year later with their lives. Yep. That's the part of this. This is the logic I can't get around. That before COVID, everyone thought of politicians as people that lied, you wouldn't trust your life with them. Well, you have. This is the scary part of the equation. And the rules of making a vaccine have been broken, ladies and gentlemen. I've had vaccines and they didn't kill me. They killed other people, but they didn't get me on that one. But the point is, at <laughs> least through the formality of year upon year upon year of tests, six years normally, We've got about 40 different varieties out, one year out, and they've been out for a while. In Russia, they just said straight, we've got some, here you go. They didn't even do it. So for God's sake, this is not right. This is bad science. So even with you, I don't think it's an anti-vaxxer thing. I think it's an anti-bad science thing. All this different stuff they're putting out has never been tested on different people. Oh, unless you're anaphylaxic, then don't go near anything. <laughs> That's simple. 
but that was only because some people nearly died from it. That's only if they found out, but they were doing it anyway. It's ridiculous. We gotta we gotta be uh vibrating on the same frequency there, Steve. Because yes. I think there was uh yeah a couple of days ago. A couple of days mm. ago, I made the same point. Uh, I can't recall if it was on one of my shows or if I if I was a guest on uh, on somebody else's show. But uh, you know the herb, right? It catches up after a while. But anyways, uh, the point that I made was, um, you know, last March, last uh, February, you can walk up to anybody and ask them what they think about the government, and they'll tell you that they're a bunch of assholes and they're untrustworthy and they should be in prison and. You know, they should be beaten with sticks, hung. You know, you get like all sorts of creative answers. And then here we are a year later, and these very same people are giving you press briefings on a daily basis. And these guys are just eating it up, you know, just like eating it up like it was candy. And, uh, you know, and I, I don't understand that. I'm not I'm not catching that because what changed between last year and this year? Yeah. So this threw a few thousand dollars at you. And uh, and then now. What what have they taken away from you? Your freedom, your jobs, your careers, uh, your businesses, uh, you know, your homes, and uh, and then these people are still you know fighting tooth and nail with you, telling you that uh, whatever the government's telling them is the truth. Um, I don't catch yeah. that. I, I don't get it. What do you think, Saul? <laughs> yeah, I don't get it either. And from a background studying natural medicine, you know, I started reading books on. Um, to not vaccinate back when I was 18, or actually no, 19. So I had my first daughter very young. So uh, back when I was 19, I had to, you know, be an advocate uh, for her health. And I wasn't going to inject things into her body that I knew had heavy metals in it and toxins. You know, they've been able to relabel mercury and call it th uh, thimerosal. So if you look on the ingredients really? in the vaccine, uh, it's it's now called thimerosal and it's nanoparticle sized mercury too, which means that it's much easier to get into your bloodstream. So there's there's different products and different things that you can use if you have been affected by the standard vaccines to help pull heavy metals. Now, the hard thing with heavy metals is that once they get into your body, so you're bypassing your first um, couple of lines of defense. Uh, you know, our skin is one. So we're injecting past that first line. Tonsils are another, um, but blood is another. So we're injecting into, you know, into the muscle, into the blood. Um, and these heavy metals have an affinity for the brain. So when they get into your system, they want to get up there. So we've got higher incidences of Alzheimer, dementia, uh, Alzheimer's dementia, um, ADHD, autism, uh, dyslexia, lots of different things. So what we notice is sometimes when we pull these heavy metals out of the body, we see some of the rates, um, you know, start to go down uh, with people that are affected. But it really, you have to be your own researcher in this way and you have to be your own detective to find out what works um, because you want to have a heavy metal remover as well that is um, attractive to the metal. So there is one, I think it's called TRS or TXS. Um, and what it does, it's uh, magnetized. So usually you can use zeolites, um, you know, bentonite clays and things like this to help draw those toxins out of the body and bind to the heavy metals. Now, the only thing with that is that it's not so attractive. So there is one that's synthesized uh, in a lab and it means that it's magnetic. So it will encapsulate and cover almost like a blanket and pull things out of the body. You want to try and get it ideally before it goes into the brain. Now, this is also um, 
we're looking at the fluoride in the water too. So this calcifies the pineal gland. So they're trying to shut us down psychically. They're really, it's an attack on the brain, not just on mm -hmm. the body, an attack on our consciousness and on the brain. So highly encourage people to do their own research when it comes to what they're injecting past these lines of defense. Because if we were faced with, um, you know, somewhat of a threat on our immune system, you know, do we really want to... <laughs> it's probably much better to fight it physically through our own body's line of defense rather than inject some Frankenstein cocktail into the body. But I mean, this is not a standard vaccine. It shouldn't even be classified, uh, classi classified as it. Sorry, I have not had much sleep. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this affects you on a DNA, RNA level. It's a manipulation on our genetics. Yeah, and they say that uh, this vaccine has the power to uh, change your uh, DNA, RNA as well, right? Yeah. So you want to be on Pal de Arco, which is a South American bark, which protects that conversion. It also is antiviral, antibacterial, antimicrobial, anti-candida. So it's going to help eliminate yeast, mold, and uh, fungus out of the body. So we want to make sure that we're using our defense systems that we know, high dose of vitamin C, vitamin D3. You want to get all your lines of defense and your immunity up on guard. Mm-hmm. Man, I gotta. I'm gonna have to rewatch this stream and uh, write all that down and put it in the description. <laughs> <laughs> it's something I'm definitely passionate about. <laughs> we, need to, we need to be an advocate for ourselves and for our children. And I know for many parents out there watching this, um, you know, if you're not doing it for yourself, you do it for your children and the next generation and the grandchildren too. Yeah, like you, you're absolutely correct on that. That this is an attack on uh, on our consciousness and uh, you know on our third eye and pineal gland. And this has been happening since like the '60s when they started to put fluoride in the water, and uh, and then it's been ongoing. And uh, this is just the next step in that one step that they, they took, or many other steps that uh, have been along the way to you know, progress as to where we are today. That's a, that's a wonderful point. And I wish that people would realize that, that, you know, this truly is an attack on, uh, on our consciousness, on the way we live. But uh, like you said, you know, uh, on our psychic abilities as well, because I believe that every single one of us has that ability with some people like yourselves and Leah is just more tuned in and, uh, you know, and you're aware of it and then you worked on it too, uh, you know, to progress further into it and get better at it, which we all have the same capacity and the ability to do it. But, you know, we just lack, uh, you know, I guess uh, some skills and uh, encouragement, uh, you know, things like that. So a uh, very good point. Uh, you know, we have other psychics that are watching us in uh, in the stream and I'm sure they'd, uh, they would agree with us as well. Leah, and what do you think? that on your conference too which will be exciting about how to kind of activate that psychic side through food and sciences so i can't wait for that yeah me too yeah. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that here in just a few minutes i want to i just want to get uh, leah's uh opinion on uh, on what we were just talking about uh because uh, it matters <laughs> yeah, I, it's it's i'm not gonna lie it's a very heavy topic because um it's one of those things I have um, attempted to. Um, I don't want to say I don't want to say that I uh, have I am I am choosing to ignore or I'm trying to pull away from it. It's more of a um, I can't deal with this right now, but I will set time aside at some point 
to actually look at it objectively. Mm -hmm. um, because hearing all of this and absorbing all of this from multiple sources, it, it does get overwhelming. And um, when you have somebody or you have this, not that somebody, sorry, but when you when you when you're confronted with the idea that there is someone who actually wants to take your rights, take take you apart, it, it, it is it, panic and stress. Not quite the right word to put it. It, it is it is um, it is it is war. It, it is terror. Um, I don't think we've ever really had or truly experienced free will because we've all have some level of programming in us, whether it be societal or biological. Um, but the idea in my personal idea of, of what life is meant to be about is about um, um, excelling and learning and transcending, if you will, all of these sort of bare basics <laughs> that we were born with and um, trying to really learn the purpose of our existence with all the tools that we've got. Mm -hmm. um, and to, of course, give something to the next generation. And the idea of somebody coming in and taking that from you and gaslighting you into thinking that you still have that, even though you have nothing, um, saying that you have hands even when they've clearly chopped them off. Um, it, it's scary. It's heavy. It's hard. It's very hard. Um, I don't think, I don't think that is going to happen within, I don't think it's going to happen, um, honestly, considering everything that we have experienced in the last year. Um, um, even though with this mass divide and this uh, chaos that is being this, this, this that's that's coming with this um, extreme division, uh, along mm -hmm. with the extreme change, I don't think that will <clears throat> occur. But have that at the back of our heads, saying like, remember what you can lose, what you will lose forever, while in the uh, on this, uh, while working to make sure that never happens. Um, I think it's a, there, there is, the, at the same time, you know, uh, constantly resisting can actually, all, can actually prove a certain level of danger as well, because mm -hmm. uh, simple, simply rejecting everything, um, just saying, oh, that you know, I'm, I'm in danger, I'm in constant danger. It's like there are, there are, there are times, yes, and then there are times, no. And just taking a break and removing yourself from the situation, um, taking like a third person perspective, like an outsider's perspective and just really analyzing it um, where you are not emotionally run and you might react on an, on an emotional mm -hmm. level. Just look at it really like as if you're a soul, you know, that you've already separated from your body and just really observing it. It's like, okay, so this is what's going on and this is how I can fix it. Um that's a great point. That's, yeah, that's a great point, Leon, observing, you know, as a third party, because, uh, yeah. you know, I drywall and I try not to because uh, it really sucks. But, uh, you know, yeah. when I do drywall and and I do go to a job site, you know, I remove myself from, um, you know, from my this avatar it's uh, it's kind of weird as to how i can detach myself from it and i observe myself just going through the loop you know putting on this drywall sheet screwing it off moving this one and just that repetitiveness of it and i watch myself and and i have done it for a long long time now and 
And I, I said to myself uh, here not long ago, why am I doing this to myself? You know, what's, uh, what's the point of this? What am I going to get out of this? And uh, the answer is like nothing, right? So, you know, the thing that comes to my mind is, do we really have free will? Because in in my mind, we we choose the avatar that uh, is our energy is going to occupy when we interact with this frequency matrix. Uh, we choose the parents that we're going to be born to. We choose uh, you know the major events that are going to happen in our lifetimes, and the rest of it in between. You know, it's kind of just like ping pong, bounce off this, bounce off that, and hopefully everything works out for the best. So I wonder if free will really exists because if free will existed, I would have chose not to drywall, right? I, I would have chosen something else. So for me, you know, free will, I don't know about that. Uh, I think it's just, like you said, it's the programming. The programming is there and we're just kind of just running on, you know, auto, uh, like uh, almost like a zombie, right? Uh, with no real clear direction. And we're just being corralled into you know, one state of mind to another state of mind. And this division that's happening across the world, in my opinion, it's kind of a good thing because this division isn't going to just last forever. At one point or another, it's going to complete that cycle. Then we're going to have this half and then we're going to have this half. You know, what do we do at that time when the two halves are broken? You know, I've been separated. How do we merge that back into... Um, into the whole so that everyone is working together, just like we did at the uh, at the Uluru uh, conference where, you know, tons of us, you know, 15 million of us across the world came together and uh, and made something great happen. So I don't know about the free will, you know, uh, for me, I'm kind of on the limb with that one. Uh, like I said, you know, I would have never drywalled if I, if I had free will. <laughs> Drywall was very traumatic. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so guys, uh, we're reaching the uh, hour point here. So what I'd like to do now for you know, like the next 10, 15 minutes is I want to just quickly go around the uh, around the table and uh, and touch on our uh, forgery and masks that uh, we got coming up on uh, March twenty seventh, twenty eighth, twenty ninth. Uh, we have uh, 28 speakers uh, speaking throughout the three days. Four of them are right here on this screen. Uh, just got to get the other 24 on now, and uh, that would be just a killer, killer panel. <laughs> so <laughs> let me... Uh, let me start with uh, with Saul Rita because uh, you know I really am into the idea of nutrition, diet, and uh, and food sciences, and that is something which I've not touched on any one of my conferences that I've had. Uh, and believe me, I've had many. I've had day conferences, uh, two day conferences, uh, tons and tons of interviews, and hardly ever have I really you know, touched on food and diet, uh, maybe a couple of times I touched on it, but not really during any of my conferences. So I'm really looking forward to, uh, you know, your presentation so that we can, you know, truly learn 
about uh, about food. You know, I was telling my wife there not long ago that uh, back in the 60s, you know, almost everybody was a vegetarian and uh, they would eat meat like maybe once a week, which was like a Sunday dinner. And that's kind of where the Sunday roast came in, uh, Sunday chicken dinner and rest of the week, everybody ate vegetables. And then we came into the 70s and early 80s and all of a sudden this commercial meat uh, you know, was being pushed onto us and on a daily basis. Now everybody thinks that they have to have meat with their daily diet. You know, the five food groups kind of deal, right? You have to, you have to kill an animal and eat some flesh. You know, it's part of your thing. So you know, I'm really glad that you're going to come on and uh, and really educate us and enlighten us as to you know what we should be doing uh, with our bodies and with our avatars and what we should be consume, consuming in order for us to reach that Kundalini and that, um, you know, that higher elevation. Cause really the energy that we put into our bodies is going to emulate uh, part of our energy. So if we're putting dead carcasses into our body, then, uh, you know, then our body is going to, you know, react to it negatively. So please go ahead. Yeah, and um, I'm glad that you got the hard part out of the way in <laughs> talking about that because <laughs> um, I am a vegan, um, but not one of the uh, real, you know, I do have some vegan activist friends and I leave that to them. I'm interested in how we can upgrade this avatar. How can we um, biohack this computer? How can we get ourselves running optimally? So I really look into more the food sciences side of things. So my background is... Um, as well as like the psychic side of things, working as a kinesiologist. So um, I studied an advanced diploma of health sciences. Um, I have a specialist interest in food allergies, things like that. So I've also developed in the past probiotics and looked into gut health and looked into brain and, um, you know, have pretty much overcome a big part of my dyslexia. I actually see it more as a gift and more of, you know, that psychic side of my brain switched on. My brain kind of does, does things a little bit differently to, to other people's. Um, but, you know, we're all capable of these things. And if we can get ourselves running optimally, get this avatar running, essentially it can be like taking the limitless pill. You know, just like in that movie with Bradley Cooper, you know, he has that little pill and everything's kind of firing and, and wiring together. So I really like to look into the superfood side of things. And we're so blessed here on Earth, especially in Australia. We have some of the most potent nutrient-dense medicines on the planet in our own backyard. Um, you know, high concentrations of vi uh, vitamin C, antioxidants, um, really immune-boosting. Immune so all of these things, when we look back to our traditional medicines and traditional foods, if we reclassified them with science today, it would be considered superfoods. So they're really, a lot of them are really high on what we call an ORAC scale, which is like our antioxidant scale, also means that some of them have um, cancer-fighting properties too. But when you look at what we eat on a big commercial level and what's sold to us in the supermarket, even if you go within the healthy section, so they say, you know, stick to the, the outside edge of your grocery store, um, and we look into the veggie side of it, not only do we have genetically modified and engineered Frankenstein food, we have stuff that's pesticide-laden and sprayed with herbicide and different things. Um, so we're still consuming, even when we think about it in a whole foods, plant-based way, we still could be considered to you know, be ingesting different things that are not the way that our grandparents would have eaten. Mm -hmm. um, we look at further, further back and we look at the way that the original people would have eaten on all of the different com uh, continents, they would have been having more superfoods, which means 
um, you know, their immune systems would have probably been boosted. And I know there's a lot of things talked about, you know, the dark ages, but, you know, we ate a lot of bread and we ate a lot of potatoes and things like that in the dark ages and kind of disconnected somewhat from um, the spirituality of plants because, you know, on a psychic level, plants communicate too. Um, and this is probably one of the ways that, you know, how people talk about uh, how did they discover that this berry was toxic? You know, which red berry do I eat? Is this one toxic? We had uh, back in Lemurian days, more of a holographic communication and connection with plants and, you know, just instinctively knew which was for medicine, you know, just visualizing the plant, you would get a feeling or a resonance within the body to, you know, consume this plant to help with whether it's respiratory issues, but I also don't think that we energetically or vibrationally had the same kind of level of illness. I think mm -hmm. with the stuff that's happening on the planet right now, the dark dream spell that's being cast every day through mainstream media, whether it's, you know, psychologically, whether it's advertising for the foods, um, you know, if we can get back to the way that our ancestors ate, I think we're also going to unlock that door to becoming superhuman and redevelop these psychic abilities because we still have all of the organ system. Um, we still have all of the spiritual anatomy. We're essentially spirit or soul driving this avatar. So if we can optimize this, um, you know, we turn the lights back on in the building. Yeah, I like that. Uh, you know, that's one thing that really stands out for me, Saul, is since Trinity, 1943, um, up until now, that's uh, 76 years, 77 years, these guys have dropped 2,056 nuclear bombs here on our planet. And for, for me, that has to have done some sort of a damage. You know, all this, uh, you know, toxic material that's gone into our atmosphere, uh, clung on to uh, dust and particles of water and have been coming down and raining down on us for like the last 73 years. Uh, this GMO foods that we have, all these pesticides that we use in our food. Do you think that this nuclear assault that we've laid down on Earth, if it's, uh, you know, really contaminated our water, our, uh, you know, dirt, um, our seeds, um, you know, like, do you, do you think that that has had an effect? So when they say, you know, to, uh, you know, this is organic food, right? Mm -hmm. But yet they're still using that same GMO seed or that contaminated seed by, you know, radiation going into irradiated dirt, uh, being fed radiated water. Is there any way like around that? Yeah, so there's different things that we can do in terms of radiation protection. You want to mm -hmm. make sure first of all, that you're protecting yourself from the EMFs. So, you know, our modern day technology is also polluting um, uh, EMF and microwave waves that's affecting mm -hmm. us not only on a psychic level, but mentally and even onto the physical level in terms of cancer and things. Uh, but when it comes to radiation, as in like Fukushima and, um, you know, Chernobyl, things like that, what they found mm -hmm. is when they um hemp plants, so... Um, what it does, it converts the radiation and starts to absorb it. Why aren't we using this technology on the planet around different places that have had uh, either nuclear disaster or have had, um, you know, nuclear explosions? So this is where we really need to look at it on an individual level. What can we individually do? How can we um, protect ourselves? So with nuclear stuff, we also need to protect our thyroid. That's the first organ that radiation will affect. So, you know, thyroid cancer, um, other different cancers of the body mm -hmm. too. So we need 
to look at iodine. So, you know, having iodine in the cupboard in case there ever was like a fallout, it needs to be a specific amount. It's it's much higher dose than what you would have just as a regular, um, you know, iodine dose if you were just mm -hmm. lacking in that mineral or trying to recorrect a thyroid. So, um, you know, there is uh, like prepping type stores online where you can go get um, these amounts of iodine for if anything like that was to have uh, happen or take place. Mm -hmm. But regular detoxification, whether it's, you know, once a year or um, each season, it's really highly beneficial to kind of clean out the cobwebs and, and kickstart, just like you would have your car serviced. You know, yeah. want to check the brakes, want to make sure the oil's flowing. Um, and essentially, if we look at it as in the system can become clogged or plugged with these things, we want to make sure that all of the arteries are open, that they're not formed with plaque. Um, we want to make sure that there's not overgrowth of candida or yeast mold fungus, um, bad bacteria in the intestines and guts, because this is where our serotonin is also produced. This is mm -hmm. where our nutrients get absorbed. So even if you can do some kind of fasting or detoxification or juice for um, a short stint, um, you know, once or twice a year, it gives the digestive system a bit of time to kick over into healing um, and into alkalizing as well and just oh. redistributing that balance. Mm. There's a lot of other supplements and things, but I don't want to fill the, the show with just okay. <laughs> there's too much to talk about in one show. I wonder no, if those, uh, <laughs> I wonder if those uh, Muslims know something because uh, Muslims, they practice uh, Ramadan uh, once a year where they uh, fast uh, between sunrise and sunset for uh, for 30 days. And of course, at the end of the 30 days, they have themselves a, a big feast. So I wonder if they were like, you know, aware of this knowledge from the ancient days and have just carried it over uh, up mm. until, uh, you know, right into uh, this age. Right on. Thanks. Thanks, Saul. I'm, uh, you know, really looking forward to, uh, you know, this, this event because, uh, you left a cliffhanger now, so uh, that's wonderful. <laughs> Thanks for asking, too. Yeah, no problem. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it, and uh, you know, I, I truly do. And uh, I'll show you, <laughs> <laughs> Leah. You will be uh, also speaking at um, at Forgery Unmasked. Uh, can you uh, give us a little hint as to what you'll be talking about? Atlantis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> particularly, uh, particularly my my uh, my memories of Atlantia. I was uh, um, a, uh, in a past life. I was an Atlantean, um, and uh, just talk a bit about what it was like back then, and uh, the culture and the society and the um, the world at the time. And um, uh, yeah, why it all went it to poo poo. <laughs> <laughs> it is powerful guys it uh it truly is uh i've had the opportunity to uh listen to leah at the uh at uh, our alien ancestry uh chapters uh, i forgot what chapter it was uh i think chapter one and uh, a couple other chapters it's a it's it's wonderful uh there's a lot of detail and uh i'm truly looking forward to seeing that and if you guys are you know if you guys want to see that uh you know go and sign up for like 16 bucks a month uh for uh, our alien ancestry and you'll have access to uh, all kinds of good stuff uh i see not Evan there nodding his head it's like throw the ad in brother <laughs> it truly is good stuff uh you know i'm uh, i'm looking forward to that and uh thank you leah for uh you know really giving me your time tonight and uh also during the summit 
and uh, and sharing your experience with us all, right? Because I know there's uh, a huge interest in uh, lost civilizations, ancient civilizations, and especially Atlantis, right? Uh, you know, people yeah. are trying to wrap their heads around what Atlantis is and, uh, you know, and what happened to them. So, like, you know, you're going to be able to help answer a lot of those questions and uh, possibly even, you know, pull out thousand more, right? Because for each answer, there's like a hundred more questions. So, uh, you know, we'll uh, you know, leave that on a cliffhanger as well. <laughs> Steve, Evan, boys, uh, we'll uh, finish off with you guys. Uh, we are, uh, oh, I'm about to be uh, playing some seats here. A little bit slow my computer here today. I'm not really quite sure why. Usually I bounce screens uh, pretty good, but uh, let's uh, let's talk about what you guys are uh, going to be talking about on uh, Forgery Unmasked. Well, I did just check with Evan before you asked, so I know. I think we're talking about uh, the same thing Leah is, but from a different viewpoint. Uh, and I'm pretty sure Evan just found it for me, so I yeah, think yeah. we're talking about Atlantis also. Because we've got some artefacts. <laughs> we're going to talk about the artefacts that have turned up, that have been analysed um, through the proper science, the best in our country, and they tell us a story through the chemistry of a set of rings from Atlantis and Lemuria that are absolutely, according to all the records, they are generally from there. The chemistry contains stuff that wasn't used until the 19th century anywhere on the planet, according mm -hmm. to all the rules yeah, around. One of them was first used in a catalytic converter for Volvo. 1976. Oh, it's ridiculous. There's um, gallium. There's uh, on two occasions there is chemistry that's not registered on the planet. Uh, we've got rhodium, rhodanium all this di titanium, all these different things that we use specifically for hardening of the metal. And one group, which has got about seven or, f seven or eight different IUMs, they're all used for electronic diodes, solar work, um, cadmium, which is used for storage of batteries. All these things are in artifacts that come from either Angkor Wat, which we believe is part of Lemuria, or the three rings we have that actually have Atlantean markings on them. And they're all made from the same base element of orichalcum. And what's important, very simply, is that Wikipedia, the great authority on all things historical, has said that the mythical metal orichalcum was found only in the mythical continent of Atlantis. Well, we've now found and proven because there has been orichalcum since found and identified by the scientists and the five elements that are found there are found in all of these objects. And the interesting part is the technology there we've either just equaled or in the case of some, we don't know what it is. In one of them, 41.8% of one artifact doesn't come from this planet and it's a major component in this ring that has all these IUMs. So we found more about Atlantis than we thought and we've also found out that the rings from Atlantis still work, don't they? <laughs> and still almost are. Killed, still almost are. killed Evan, I believe, uh, last year, two years ago. Yeah, yeah. Two years ago it started. Mm. But now, now we've got nine 
we're able to do some comparisons of an examination and get a detailed understanding of what was going on in both these continents at a time using technology we are just beginning to use today that we think was commonplace then and then using elements we can't identify today so where does that put their technology and some of the rings we've got which are magnificent constructions and, and others which have precise exact markings and others don't and beware of the ones that don't have the nice marking that's another story and we'll talk about it in some briefly in that one and more in our online conference we're going to address the issue of these rings get past the chemistry do some of that and then move on to what they actually still do and i've got to tell you that's an interesting life or death struggle isn't it dear god <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that's still going on that part and it hasn't finished with the rings so that's why they've that's come counting. back into play because they've become so um active and dominant so that's another part we'll hint about yeah nice uh looking forward to that Definitely looking forward to that. Thank you very much, guys. Uh, you know, gals, I really uh, appreciate your time here uh, this uh, Wednesday evening and uh, Thursday afternoon for you guys. So, uh, you know, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Uh, had a really great discussion tonight on, uh, you know, really everything we touched on. Well, not everything, but, uh, you know, we kind of touched on some things. And, uh, you know, it was wonderful. I enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, as again, you know, always taking something away from uh from each discussion and uh you know lessons are learned and uh, really that's why i do this uh is to uh, really enlighten myself and uh, add to my own uh you know knowledge pool and to uh awaken myself because uh the more i'm awoke then uh you know the more i can help my family my friends my community uh you know help wake them up and uh, if I find some new information, I want to share that, uh, you know, not only with my family and friends, but with uh, people right across the world. And that is the point of uh, Watcher's Talk. So thank you very much, my friends. And uh, thank you, everyone out there that uh, watched us this evening, shared our stream, commented. Uh, you know, please continue to do so because, uh, you know, the more we share, the more we comment, the more we like. It really confuses the algorithm and uh, it forces the algorithm to go out there and share this stream with thousands of potentially thousands of other people uh, that may not have uh, had access to this video. So uh, our goal is to uh, test the AI. Uh, let's test it and share and comment and like and uh, you can know, do all those kinds of jazzy things and uh, let's see what uh, the AI will do with that. So much love, my friends, uh, each and every single one of you. And uh, I will be, uh, you know, my apologies. I didn't add everyone's website address in the description of this video, but, uh, you know, I will add it. Uh, you know, Saul Rita's website, I will add that. Uh, I believe I have uh, uh, Leah's and uh, Evan's uh, in the description. And uh, I will add a uh, number of other uh, links as well. And uh, also, I'll be uh, you know, adding some notes into the description of this video of what uh, Saul Rita was talking about just a few minutes ago so that uh, you know, we can uh, you know, educate ourselves a little bit better and uh, we can eat a little bit better. I'm kind of on this food trip right now because uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm not really vibrating with the meat right now. Uh, you know, my, uh, my wife gives me, uh, you know, like a chunk of chicken and, uh, I'll eat like 
you know, maybe two, three bites off of it. And then when she looks away, I toss it on her plate. And, <laughs> <laughs> I eat That's my vegetables it. and eat my vegetables <laughs> and, you know, and I carry on. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm just not resonating with it because the more I'm finding out, uh, the more disturbing it is. Uh, you know, I don't want to be a part of, uh, you know, the abuse that's going on in uh, these commercial farms against uh, against animals. And uh, I don't, uh, you know, I don't support that. And uh, for me to go out and buy a piece of chicken or buy a piece of meat, I'm really supporting that market. So I'm looking to consciously get away from it and uh, and not support it at all. And, uh, you know, and I think I'll be better off. The world will be better off as well. And uh, so that's kind of that's the trip that I'm on right now is the food, food, food. Right. Uh, you know, that's I think it's important uh, because I've realized and I understand now that, you know, food has, a, you know, a huge, huge part uh, with my personal energy, with my distortion and uh, and with my frequency and the whole point of all of this watchers talk and Facebook groups and kind of what have you is to uh, raise my personal vibration and my own distortion. So for me, eating meat, I'm kind of sabotaging my own goal. Right. So it's time to uh, really get away from that. And I really appreciate, uh, Saul Rita, your, you know, your uh, your knowledge set on this and uh, i'm truly looking forward to uh to hearing more about this because not only is it going to help me but it's going to help my family and uh and hopefully uh many 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 other people out there so guys keep an eye out for uh these uh sessions coming up on uh, march 27th 28th 29th uh you know the uh, description and the uh, website address is in the description of this video. And I also want to say to you guys, you know, it's, uh, I understand what's happening around the world right now with this uh, pandemic. And uh, I understand people have lost their uh, jobs. I understand people have lost their careers. I understand times are hard. So if you can't afford the full ticket price, which is $33.33, if you can't afford that, please, please, please contact me. I'm on Facebook. You can either contact me there or you can go to, uh, you know, the about section in uh, on my YouTube channel and you'll see my uh, email address there. Email me and uh, and I'm sure we can work something out. Uh, I, I don't feel that, um, you know, that money uh, should really get in the way of this epicness that's about to happen on March 27th, 28th and 29th. So if you can't afford it, Give me a shout and we'll fix that. Uh, if you're a single parent, contact me. We'll fix that. You know, if you're a senior, contact me because I know everybody is on limited budget. So, uh, you know, I'm not here to profit. Uh, just simply, you know, pay for the platform. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you very much, guys. Much love to all of you. And uh, this is Omar signing out from Watchers Talk. Coming at you guys from uh, West Coast, British Columbia, Canada. Stay safe out there. And uh, if you're in, uh, you know, out there grabbing a coffee, pay for it for the guy behind you. Tell the waiter or the server to uh, pass it forward. And uh, hopefully we can get uh, hundreds of coffees out there. And uh, that just creates good vibration in the whole community. So much love, guys. And uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Uh, tomorrow night, I'm going to be, I'm a guest on uh, a podcast called uh, Sluts and Slaves. Uh, so uh, check that out. I'll uh, post a link and uh, hopefully you guys can uh, come and check me out there. So much love, guys. <laughs> I know it's quite the name, but quite the name, but I love it. <laughs> I love the name. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm sick in my head. 
<laughs> Maybe I'm. That? 